Hello, and welcome to, or welcome back, to Pitch Perspectives. If you're new here, I'm your host, Jillian, and today I'm coming at you from the study lounge in my dorm. Midterms are in full swing here at school as grades drop and stress levels rise. Academic expectations also seem to be rising, and with that, our mental capacities to study and pay attention are declining, creating an environment conducive to the use of study drugs. Today's episode is a little bit different from normal. I'm going to take you on a journey from the pickup of an Adderall prescription into the hands of a stressed student wanting a leg up on their exam. And of course, in Pitt Perspectives fashion, this story is inspired by UNC students. I know for me, when I sold Adderall, I mostly sold them to just like all kids. I've sold them to Greek life kids, kids that aren't in Greek life. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. So I've used, uh, I have used Adderall once. Uh, it was a really bad idea. I think that Adderall use or abuse, I guess, is extremely normalized on campus. Because I, I can't focus for projection anymore. Before I begin my little story, Pitt Perspectives is not a registered student organization with UNC, and we do not condone the use of illegal substances. The recordings on today's episode are anonymous, and we don't have any identifying information of any of these students. We also, of course, cannot verify any of their information, and therefore today's episode is not meant to criminalize students, but rather provide their opinions on study drug use. Pitt Perspectives is a student-run podcast here at UNC aimed at building a sense of understanding in the student community by sharing candid, anonymous student opinions on important social topics. Last week, we took to the pit during lunch to talk to you about your drug habits and your study habits. Keep listening to hear more about university culture, access to illegal substances on campus, success and horror stories, and the adverse effects that can be caused by study drug addictions. Study drugs are prescription stimulant medications used without a prescription. Today, we will be discussing Adderall and Vyvanse specifically. Our story begins with a diagnosis. We have a UNC student who I'm going to call Jordan, who's diagnosed with ADHD. If you don't know, ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder and is often characterized by symptoms like forgetting necessary things, struggling to listen or sit still for long periods of time, difficulty following through on instructions, or having trouble focusing. In today's narrative, Jordan was lucky. Their symptoms were recognized and correctly identified, but for some who struggle with ADHD, their narratives are more convoluted and frustrating. I got tested for ADHD um, this summer, and I like had thought that I had had it for a really long time and just went through a bit of a fight with my parents trying to get me tested. And once I did, turns out I have it. Um, so I brought all of my testing results to the university and I let them know that I was struggling. And then after going through like all this fucking like paperwork with caps and like referral coordinations and medicine appointments, then they let me know that my testing accommodations don't fit um, their like requirements for getting stimulants. 
So now it's been like a month and I'm still unmedicated and still struggling because the way that they fucking set up the system, it's so hard to get access to therapy or to medication unless you jump through like a bunch of hoops, which if you're already like struggling with mental health issues is a lot to deal with. Jordan, though, was able to get diagnosed and now has been prescribed Adderall, a stimulant amphetamine that raises dopamine and norepinephrine levels in the brain. If we take a quick trip over to the lab, ingredients are tumbled and milled and formed into a tablet, which is then coated in a liquid seal. These pills are shipped off to the CVS on Franklin Street, and the pharmacy tech sorts and counts the tablets. For those with ADHD, Adderall is not the only option. Vyvanse is another similar amphetamine that interacts differently with the brain and is marketed as longer-lasting, being effective up to 14 hours after ingestion. Or for others, medication isn't necessarily the right choice at all. I don't know, I actually have been diagnosed with ADHD and my mom never let me go on meds for it, even though my doctor said I should. Uh, so to me, it's kind of funny to see people who don't have ADHD uh, getting addicted to Adderall, because I do know at least a few people who are. Um, I don't know, it's just funny to me. After the trek from South Campus to Franklin Street, Jordan has received their Adderall. Generally, the maximum supply received at one time is 90 days. And for ADHD specifically, the immediate release dosage for adults is between 5 and 40 milligrams a day. Or Adderall XR, or extended release, is taken once daily and is typically 20 milligrams. Okay, so Jordan received their Adderall. They had to fight the urge to stop at Insomnia Cookies on the way back to their dorm, as I know we all do. And then the story's over, right? Adderall, use and abuse. This is a great one for me because I have ADHD and it took me forever okay. to get diagnosed and forever to get medication. It's so hard to access medication. They do awful stuff like, um, they require you to do like compliance testing. Like you have to go pee in a cup to prove that it's in your system and not being sold to what? people. Okay. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, and so it makes sense to be a controlled substance because it, it can be abused. Mm, so for some, the story does not end there. And some medical professionals are concerned with what's called diversion, meaning the passing of medication between a prescription holder and a non-prescription holder. ADHD medications have a shockingly high diversion rate of 62%, and 59% of physicians suspect at least one of their high school age patients with ADHD meds to have diverted their meds before. Diversion comes in many forms. And students purchasing Adderall from a legitimate prescription holder account for 39% of stimulant acquisitions. These are studied in self-reported surveys from college campuses. 36% were given stimulants from a legitimate prescription holder for free, 12% purchased stimulants from someone without a prescription, and one person reported stealing the medication from a prescription holder. Unlike channels for other illegal drugs, Adderall is most commonly passed between close friends rather than through a dealer. So back to story time. We left CVS on Monday morning, and now it's Tuesday afternoon. It's midterm week, although that's not very descriptive because midterm week really seems to be every week. So let's say it's chem midterm week. To set the scene, the air is tight with tension and molecules of stress and people are walking faster and seeing their friends less. Enter our second student. We're going to call this second student Taylor. So Taylor is a first year pre-med bio major 
who overachieved on everything in high school and is used to their precious 4.0. Their friend group is made of carbon copies of this archetype, all stressed, all overworked, and all wanting to overachieve. This characterization is not unheard of at UNC, and where students begin to feel overwhelmed, drug use begins. UNC is not, you know, unique in the way that students use study drugs. Um, I think university culture pushes us to assume that there are deadlines where we will uh, be successful or unsuccessful, deemed successful or unsuccessful, and those are more important than your relationship with yourself. Yeah, I mean, like, like honestly, I think this university kind of breeds an Adderall addiction because majority of people I know have at least taken it at some point during final season to, like, pass. Because, like, how else are you supposed to pass? You know, you can't sleep, so it's a whole thing. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think it, I think it does. I don't know if it, if it makes people resort to, like, other drugs, but I think it definitely makes people resort to Adderall a little bit to, to pass. Um, I don't really agree with any of the, like, U.S. drug policies, but I definitely think that, especially the UNC culture, they just don't really care about their students. Um, it's all just for, like, the prestige, and nothing's really focused on the individual, as long as, like, the statistics come back good and stuff. So I've used, uh, I have used Adderall once. Uh, it was a really bad idea, and I really shouldn't do it because, like, I think people resort to it not because of, like, pressure put on them by other people. I think it really is a function of people not, like, structuring their time well, and it really is a time management issue, and then it turns into um, a drug issue, and if people, like, it sounds bad, but like, if people were better at managing their time, I think we would have a lot less problems with Adderall abuse. So we have these two students. We have Jordan and we have Taylor. And let's say they vaguely know each other. They have one class together. One has diagnosed ADHD, and the other is in desperate need of something to help them study. 43% of college students have found themselves in this situation and have resorted to misusing a stimulant like Adderall or Vyvanse to keep up with their responsibilities. Do you know anyone who has used Adderall or Vyvanse? Of course. Not, uh, yes, as a study drug, yes. Um, no general complaints from any of my friends. So, uh, yes, I personally have used Adderall as a study drug Shame. before. Shame. I think that Adderall use or abuse, I guess, is extremely normalized on campus. Generally speaking, students use Adderall for academic purposes 60% of the time. But it's funny because GPA has been found to negatively correlate with higher rates of stimulant misuse. So, so much for study drugs. And on individual exams, studies actually show that Adderall does not improve grades. Or if it does, in that study, the placebo also improved grades. So it's not actually super clear that if you don't have ADHD that taking Adderall will really do anything other than make you think it's doing something, which then, in turn, may do something. But regardless, our first-year pre-med student is desperate, and they're relying on a diversion of a prescription medication. Taylor shoots a quick text over to Jordan asking if there's any way they can have just one pill. They offer probably too much money and emphasize how much of a pinch they're in. In high school, I had a friend um, that once offered me, like, 
$75 a pill for my ADHD meds, which is crazy, first of all. And second of all, like, is it really that important that you get it? That's a lot of, that's a lot of money. I said no, of course, but like, it definitely, uh, it definitely made me consider it. It definitely, $75 per pill is not, is a lot of money, especially because I get that shit for free. Let's say Jordan needs their own medication though, and they say, no, I'm not giving you Adderall. So what is there to do two days before a chem exam with a 10-page paper to write for another class in the next three hours and with hundreds of pages of textbook reading to catch up on? If you can't enhance your focus, maybe you can just stay awake for as long as possible until you get everything done. Caffeine isn't talked about like a drug, and to be fair, it's generally not classified as a study drug, but it's important to recognize how it fits into a university culture that pushes students to rely on substances to keep themselves going. The safe amount of coffee to consume in one day for an adult is around four cups or 400 milligrams. And no, a cup does not equal a venti or grande drink from Starbucks. Caffeine increases the adenosine receptors in our brains and can end up making us more tired in the long run. And these physiologic adaptations also lead to caffeine withdrawal. Generally speaking, if you experience withdrawal symptoms when you stop consuming something, it's not far off from an addiction. Um, I definitely feel like something's lacking if I don't have it. Um, I honestly don't know how much it affects my energy, but it also, it mainly just makes me feel good. It makes, it's just like a treat for me, and it makes my day better. So, well, I'm not addicted to caffeine, you know, I don't drink coffee at all, but my dad drinks coffee every single day, and uh, like he claims to not be addicted to it, but like, Whenever he misses it, like one day the coffee machine didn't work, and he was so cranky. Like, I think, I think it's not good. Just people like depend on it, don't really, don't admit to it. I guess. Caffeine intake has grown to include things like Celsius and Bang and other energy drinks. Although this type of caffeine intake is also often combined with alcohol for uh, non-academic purposes, or maybe a really interesting study session. But reliance on caffeine wouldn't be surprising for Taylor to turn to in their midterm mayhem. Yeah, I was about to say, it's definitely something that if I, I can tell a clear difference with and without it. So, I mean, I think it is some, it's a, it doesn't always help, but I think it's definitely, yeah, you can call it a study drug on top of that. I don't think it's like as serious as some other things. It's like, if someone's just taking Adderall, but doing all that, that I consider that a drug more than caffeine, but I think, yeah, you got to call it a study drug. Especially if you pair them too. Yeah. Caffeine's ability to make us feel better and more sociable, however, is just not enough for Taylor. And they're kind of leaning towards that last piece of advice, although I, I don't know if it was meant to be advice, but the mixing of Adderall and caffeine, the cocktail of physical effects that could potentially provide the energy to stay up all night and the ability to focus the entire time, this is what can save Taylor's chem grade. Hey, I'm rooting for them. I really am but they still need to find someone to give them Adderall. I mean, they can't get it in a vending machine, and they can't get it at CVS, and it's not on the menu at Lenore. So what is there to do besides post on social media? So Taylor makes a last-minute call across campus. If anyone has Adderall, let me know. I will pay you. They are putting in more effort than a senior looking for Duke basketball tickets. After perusing Yik Yak, Patio, Instagram, and every other channel, they've received an offer and have now acquired the Adderall. I know for me, when I sold Adderall, uh, I mostly sold 10 milligram tablets that last around four hours, and I sold them three for 12 pretty much. So it's $5 uh, one unless you get three, you get three for 12. 
I mostly sold them to uh, just like all kids. I've sold them to Greek life kids, kids that aren't in Greek life. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. All that's left to do is take it, and it has to work, right? I mean, only good things can come from taking a prescription medication without the guidance of a medical professional. I personally have used Adderall as a study drug before. Um, it was provided to me by a couple different family members. Um, not proud of it. It's definitely a last resort thing. Um, it's not a regular thing, but it definitely fucking worked. It, I felt like my brain was jittery and fuzzy, and if I had suspicions or concerns that I had ADHD, it confirmed that I do not, because I, especially because I drank in a Mountain Dew that night too, so I was literally just like fucking shaking on one of the times I took it. I sometimes see people abusing it or talking about abusing it, and you can tell it's not working for them the way that it works for me with my ADHD yeah. brain, because for me, it, it focuses me, it levels me out, I can get something done for once in my life instead of just sort of like actually functioning, wildly yeah. swinging thoughts and emotions, <laughs> and then when you see people abusing it, and I see people in the libraries when I was talking about having abused it, it gives them more energy and it makes them like all over the place, it, it, we know from studies it doesn't improve like performance on exams and stuff if you don't have ADHD and so just the, the whole culture of it is really yeah. twisted but it's also really frustrating for someone who needs that. Um, I took a Vyvanse once and after I took it um, in about 15 to 30 minutes uh, my, I got stomach cramps and I needed to take really big shit. But it made me want to break up with my boyfriend, honestly. <laughs> it was kind of wild. I was like, the shits were so painful that I was like, it's like, you're going to do this to me. <laughs> I would love to end this quaint story with Taylor taking a massive shit and then passing their chem exam, and then the whole thing has just gone off beautifully. But clearly things can go wrong. If you don't, if, if it's definitely not prescribed to you, I, I wouldn't take Adderall. I think some people overdose on Adderall before, um, exams. Uh, one situation I was in where my uh, professor was an hour and a half late to the final exam and someone took a ton of Adderall and uh, <laughs> before and I mean the professor was late and so. Um. I want to treat this as one of those like pick your own ending type of situation. There's one option where Taylor gets caught with Adderall from the social media post and while this seems extremely unlikely and I really don't know if students are ever actually caught for Adderall possession, there are consequences. Adderall and Vyvanse are considered DEA Schedule II substances, meaning they're illegal to possess or use without a prescription. Adderall's effect on the nervous system and both Adderall and Vyvanse's potential positive outcomes make them highly susceptible to abuse and physiological dependence. Other Class II substances actually include things like cocaine and fentanyl, although not all drugs in the same class have the same legal punishment. Getting caught with Adderall with no prescription, although again, I don't know how often this happens, is typically a class one misdemeanor in North Carolina and can result in up to three months in jail. For a second offense, or if you're caught with over 100 dosage units, it increases to a class one felony. And with this, potential jail time shoots up to 24 months. Let's say a second outcome. Taylor takes the Adderall, does really well on their exam, and then what? I guess from there, there's a decision to be made. Is this a one-time thing or a multiple-time thing? The regular use of Adderall in college students is estimated to be much lower than the one-time use, closer to 9% as compared to around 43. This 9% is for use outside of just midterms and final seasons, 
And this definitely just is not as common, especially from what we heard here at UNC. Adderall isn't used in the same way that someone smokes weed or enjoys an edible every so often. The high from Adderall is not euphoric. After smoking or playing around with an edible, you may find yourself, I don't know, laying on top of Craig deck with the munchies, wondering why the clouds above you look like hot dogs. It's really, you know, it's a fun, enjoyable time. But a few hours after taking Adderall, you're probably 2,000 words into a 1,000 word paper and have added things to your to-do list just to check them off. It's not euphoric, it's productive. But that's not to say that productivity isn't euphoric necessarily. This feeling of hyper-focus and attention can be addictive, and if Taylor does too well on their chem midterm, that's also an addictive feeling. And as we mentioned earlier, Adderall doesn't inherently actually improve grades on exams or in a class, but that doesn't mean students don't use it for academic purposes or see academic outcomes. It's probably just a really good placebo effect, although you have to take an illegal drug for the placebo effect to work. And if it is a placebo effect, the effect must be strong, because 70% of college students who've misused it report positive or very positive impacts. Some students return to study drugs not because of how they feel, but how they perform. Okay, so my opinions on like Adderall use versus abuse, like I definitely know people who have used it to study that shouldn't be using it to study just because there's so much work and emphasis on having to have that level of productivity to like be able to do all of your work. But like, I also know people who have Adderall and Vyvanse and stuff like that who just have to have it to function. So I definitely think universities kind of put so much pressure to do work that people just resort to Adderall and Vyvanse to get that level of productivity because yeah, the workload is so huge. But I also think it's definitely necessary for some people. So I wouldn't say the problem is actually Adderall. I would probably say it's like the workload problem and that yeah. people are pressured to have that much work to have to use Adderall. But like, I definitely think Adderall and Vyvanse and stuff like that probably aren't the problem. I think it's likely something else and that's just like a middle ground to fixing it. So whether it's a placebo or if they have undiagnosed ADHD or I don't know what's going on, Clearly it's doing something, and it's reliable, but whether that warrants using it without the discretion of a doctor for long periods of time is up to individual students to decide. Let's say Taylor does well on their midterm, but tells himself they'll only use Adderall again in another crazy exam situation. I'm not here to question if Adderall works, but there is a little bit of a moral dilemma found in this situation. Recently, trends in social media have leaned towards a pattern of self-diagnosis, especially for things like autism, ADHD, and OCD. And cancel culture kind of immunizes these people who can tell anyone off who disagrees by saying they're being insensitive. The issue, though, is that being bored in class is not ADHD. The symptoms are much more pervasive and can interfere with daily functioning. And so for these students, Adderall brings them to the same level of focus as their peers. But there are arguments out there that compare Adderall misuse to using a performance-enhancing drug in an athletic event. You know, is it okay for your fellow classmates to come into an exam after taking something not prescribed to them, but that helps them focus? I don't know the answer, but, you know, I learned from this episode that the use of study drugs is honestly more common than I thought. But I have a theory about that. 
Let's say Jordan, our character from earlier, was willing to provide Taylor with Adderall. And let's say Jordan and Taylor had more than just a class together, and they happened to be really good friends. Jordan has a regularly filled prescription, and Taylor will likely have a positive experience. If they're close friends, there's reason to believe that this is a self-reinforcing pattern that will continue and may spread to other members of the friend group. Thus, study drug usage, due to the nature of how these drugs are distributed, may be more common within social circles. And it is known to be more common in Greek life and among white males. Because of this, most students either know about it or don't really know about it. There's not really a kind of aware stance. I really tried to make today's episode shorter, and I know it was a little bit different, and I almost got carried away there at the end, but you should be thankful that I didn't give you the history of Adderall all the way back to, like, the first prescription medication. As you go on with the rest of your day, probably to go do homework, I want you to leave the episode with some questions. You know the drill. First, I want you to ask yourself if you've ever felt pressured to use something like a study drug just to get through an assignment or get through the day. Do you think your caffeine intake may be an alarming amount? How might you contribute to university culture that has created this environment? And how have you been affected by it? And as always, how can your perspective serve those around you for good? Thank you for listening to Pitt Perspectives. If you are interested in contributing your voice to future topics, follow us on Instagram at Pitt Perspectives UNC and stay on the lookout for future recording dates and times. Maybe we will see you in the pit. Thank you.